Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim, and we talk about horror movies. Oh, very good. I see, what, I, see what, I see what you did there. We talk about horror movies, and on this episode in particular, we are going to be talking about Day of the Dead. We are going to round out the the, the Dead trilogy, George, George A. Romero's you know, master class in zombie making. In fact, it's the or basically the origin of the modern zombie. Uh, of course, we started doing this because he passed away a few weeks ago. Uh, we did night, we did dawn. So we are going to talk about day, which is going to be interesting because it is definitely the sort of the the red-headed stepchild of the trilogy. Certainly, mm-hmm. it's it's the one that typically don't like as much. It's the one that certainly wasn't like very much at all. I think at the time, and then over the years, there's been some appreciation for it, but. It's often seen as the weaker one, so uh, we're going to get into it. I'll just give you a flat spoiler warning uh, right now, just so we can talk freely without worrying about it. Obviously, for a lot of movies, we we do a spoiler-free section. I don't think it's as worthwhile for uh, a movie like this. So, Day of the Dead, the concluding chapter of a trilogy which shares, at least to my knowledge, not a single character between the three films. Like, There's no, no one from anyone that pops up in another one. Nothing like that. Uh, mainly yeah, because I don't believe so. Mainly because they couldn't, uh, they didn't have the rights because they were doing it with a different company. So it was like, so so they, uh. so I don't think there was. They could never call it Dawn of the Dead Two. Not that they would. I don't think. Damn. Given that they had Night and Dawn, I, I doubt they would want to call it anything else. But so that's why I'll never have a nice, juicy, fancy Blu-ray box set. No. Damn it. That is exactly why. Yes. Uh, there has been trilogy box sets in the past in certain countries, just depending if they can wrangle the rights together. But as we mentioned on the Don review, Don's uh, the license holders making it difficult to uh, put out any releases of that. So right now we're in a bit of a weird space with it. But uh, Day of the Dead's actually quite uh, plentiful. You can get that quite easily. Tons of there's oh, tons, yeah. of, tons of releases of Day of the Dead. I actually have two separate Blu-rays of Day of the Dead. <laughs> That's how easy it is to get a hold of. I have the original Anchor Bay Blu-ray. I have the Scream Factory Blu-ray. Both mm-hmm. of them, they are side by side. Um, it's funny that the, the weakest of the trilogy is the one that I've got two releases of, but whatever. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to complain. So what is Day of the Dead? Obviously the first one, very simple. It's in a house. They try to survive. Second one, group of characters get to a shopping mall. And they sort of live in that and sort of make that sort of their life for a while. and But eventually things obviously go awry. So what is the third one? Like, can you sum it up in a simpler way? Not as not as simple. It, it's definitely mm-hmm. not, not super complex either. But uh, basically, we're further down the timeline in the zombie apocalypse. It, it makes it very clear at the start that it's been going on for a while. Uh, there's even mm-hmm. less people around now. The zombies that are around are way more decayed than we've seen them in the previous films. And I love that. I think they look, uh, you know, really good in this. And I like if you do kind of look at it as occurring all in the same universe. I like that there's a little bit of a progression to it that they, you know, mm. the further along it goes, the worse they look. Most of the film takes place in again a sort of central location, and in, in this case, it's a underground bunker uh, that the military have got with some science labs, and it's the last remaining people. There's a couple of scientists who are working on something to do with the apocalypse, and the military who are supposed to be there to uh, protect them. But we get the sense quite quickly that they've been there for a long time now, they're starting to lose hope, and it's starting to break down. Like, uh, the, the relationship is starting to get untrustworthy, uh, the military in particular are getting very kind of rowdy, 
and, Ooh, uh, very testy. Very testy, very very short tempered, and I mean, honestly, very sexist. There's a lot, like I think one of the big themes mm-hmm. of this movie is that there's one female character, and the military characters all basically look at her like a piece of meat and yeah. treat her uh, accordingly. And I think it's especially timely now, just how like you could make a, a you know point of it kind of being about uh, like toxic masculinity. Because just like all the guys are just oh, very yeah. aggro, and yeah, like you said, like they really you know fly off the handle real quick with like the lady, and, and you know they they just seem like they're acting like very macho men. Oh yeah, men. The, the, yeah, they're constantly doing that. Like I, I think the first two soldiers we meet, within about a minute, they're talking about how big their dicks are. Like that, that is literally <laughs> where the conversation goes. When, whenever like the the the, 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 the I keep calling the woman Sarah, uh, our, our main character, uh, she. She's concerned that one of the soldiers is like overstressed and overworked and not getting any sleep. And because she's so concerned, all of the other soldiers basically just start constantly making jokes that she's having sex with them because that's the only reason she'd care about them is that they're having sex. Yeah. Um, so again, a very immature kind of like mindset that some of these soldiers are. Um, you brought up a, a sort of interesting sort of angle on it there with the, the whole toxic masculinity. And I think that's a part of it. But uh, I think maybe obviously the biggest thing here is the idea of the mistrust of the military. Oh yeah, and you know maybe mistrust of government as well as a sort of whole. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's maybe. I don't think the social commentary is as strong in this one as, as the other two. Uh, yeah. but there is some stuff there t- to gleam. I think. I think the theme that carries out across all three films is the idea that it's people who are the problem, and it's the people mm-hmm. who turn on each other. It's the you know it's, it's these it's the military characters who eventually cause all this to crumble because they yeah. They don't trust the other characters. They try and take command. They want to feel powerful, and it all kind of comes cr- crumbling down because they can't work together. You know, it's the idea that you have this microcosm, uh, this mini society with just about a dozen people, and yet it still mm-hmm. ends up with the same problems that the entire country has when there's like millions yeah. and millions of people. So, it's uh, again the, the idea. It's an examination of human behavior uh, more than anything else. But. Uh, so that's the sort of the main themes of the film, but yeah, so it takes place in this bunker. Uh, the main scientist is trying to experiment on the zombies, try to see if he can teach them to not eat them, basically. Yeah. And uh, but you have all this tension going on, and of course, eventually things go wrong, and the zombies get in. I think um, you know it's uh, interesting to see. I, I feel like Romero was very obsessed with the idea of like zombies being able to evolve and learn. I feel like we see a little bit with uh, Dawn of the Dead, you know, where, you know, it kind of mentions like them almost having this muscle memory. Um, and then here, I feel like he kind of takes it to the next degree where, you know, is showing them that, oh, like you can teach them, they can learn. They're not, um, you know, these brainless like beasts that, you know, don't know or can't do anything. And then, um, and yeah, and I think it's uh, something he explores like in his later later works too. But I think it's a, a pretty interesting concept. Um, well, I think obviously we we talked a lot in the first two about what the zombies represented and like what the mm-hmm. the metaphor was that they were kind of the like the to use another metaphor the other the sheep that just kind of go along with what society expects them mm-hmm. to do, uh, and that's kind of the metaphor. And I, I think what's interesting here is that you have this main zombie Bob who turns out might have been in the military because he seems to know how to use a gun. Like he, he sort of instinctively just knows how to hold a gun and he tries to fire it. And at the end of the movie, when he sees that his, like, his scientist, who he's apparently grown attached to, because the music that plays is quite sad as he, he sees the dead yeah. body, because uh, <laughs> you know, Rhodes, the, uh, the lead military guy, he's 
that he's like you know gunned him down when things went nuts, mm-hmm. and Bob actually kind of like shoots him and chases him down and shoots him multiple times, and then obviously the, you know the, the classic salute moment that Tim was kind of emulating <laughs> at the start of the, uh, the start of the show, and I, I think the the sort of the the metaphor there is that mm-hmm. eventually, like the 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 public the population even if it takes a silly long time eventually they'll notice who their aggressor is and oh, eventually yeah. you know and eventually he noticed that he was the bad guy mm-hmm. uh, even though it, it like before that yeah he'd eaten any of them but like mm-hmm. just the idea that like the public are so ignorant as to what's going on they don't really think about it they don't really see what the problem is and maybe till it's too late but and it is too late because you know, people start dying. Like the, the, all the characters are sh- kind of screwed by this point. Yeah. Um, but he learns enough and realizes enough to know that he's the bad guy and he should take him out. Uh, and I, I wonder if that's what that was maybe saying is that eventually the sheep do kind of notice who's mistreating them. Eventually. Yeah, uh, that's a really interesting point. I don't think I really thought about that, but I can definitely see that as being a, a theme or uh, you know something that you can glean from that. Yeah, I just it was just uh, obviously I was going into given how much we talked about the commentary in the first two movies, I just I went into yeah. this not really because I've seen this one the least amount of times easily, and there was mm-hmm. certainly nothing that I remembered being like you know I always think of Dawn and I think of the the commentary of the mall and consumerism, I think of night, I think of mm-hmm. Vietnam, and I think of the the racial tension and all that stuff. When I thought of Day, you know, before watching it again, I was like I don't really remember thinking of something mm-hmm. like that when I was watching it. So I was kind of looking at it through that eye like this time and seeing if there, if there, if there was something. Um, I didn't even remember how this movie ended. I see if you'd <laughs> asked me before this rewatch, like how did the movie end? I couldn't have told you. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not. I well, I'll just kind of go ahead and say I actually really like this movie a lot. I think it is very good. Oh, I'm but sorry, Tim. Are you upset? I didn't ask the question. No, no, but I'm just uh, making a point here, uh, though. I'm saying is I, I like it a lot, but I do think that it is easily more forgettable than the other ones. It is, yeah. Like, when I think of the other ones, you know, I, I can imagine these very, like, classic, you know, scenes that vividly pop out in my mind. And then uh, when I think of this one, it's more like broad strokes that I think of, um, which I, it's still good. I still enjoy watching it. Um, and, yeah, I don't watch it as often as the, the other two, but... Yeah, no. I, I think you are you are right though. It's not one that as easily comes to mind. Yeah, I, I still think it's enjoyable. I, I do think it has some problems. Like I, I do think the pacing's a little bit lopsided because the first half of the movie, like after the intro, there's an intro where they fly out to look for survivors uh, in the city. You know, and there's a famous shot with the alligator, sort of, or the mm-hmm. crocodile. I can't tell the difference. I don't know which one's which. But, I want to say gator, but I'm not 100. percent Yeah, I have no idea. I've never seen one of either in person. I have no idea. Um, but <laughs> the like, and you know, it's, it's, there's some fun gore and stuff, and it's like showing you that the society's crumbled this much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, after they go back down to the base, and it's sort of like, okay, I like this. I like the idea of having a home base, and I even like the idea of it being all set in the home base. Uh, even though, you know, to a point it was to save money, because I don't know if you knew this, but the, the budget of this movie was halved, and the script was changed oh, to match what the new budget was. Like, originally there was going to be more action sequences and all sorts. Oh. Uh, but the first half of the movie, it does get a little bit repetitive, because mm-hmm. it's kind of constantly the same characters arguing about the same things for a long time. 
Uh, like you have the the military yeah. be, being sexist, making fun of the scientists. Like, oh, we want results. We're in charge now, and it kind of goes in circles to a point. Uh, mm-hmm. For you know, up until about the halfway mark, when st- different stuff starts to happen, uh, but it's a it's a long time without any like real like gore or kills or anything. Well, yeah, sure, but yeah, I mean, arguably that's even a shallow thing. Like, I, I just in this, I just mm-hmm. mean. I mean, it doesn't have that, but it, it just doesn't have a sense of urgency. Like, there's no direction. Okay. Like, it's not driving to something uh, for the first half. So it feels like it's kind of meandering a little bit. Uh, so I feel like I, even the characters kind of don't really know exactly what they're aiming for they yeah, or they what don't. they want to do. Because they, they, they keep talking about uh, Logan. Like They keep talk, they call him Dr. Yeah. Frankenstein uh, because he's done all the experiments. And they keep sort of talking about how they're not really even sure what, what he's trying to do. And that's one of the, the points of contention, and it's like, and I think I think that combined with the fact that I think the characters as well are probably the, the least interesting out of the three films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, I mean, they're, they're fine. Like, they're, they're likable enough. Like, I mean, our main sort of trio, which is Sarah, uh, John, uh, who's the helicopter pilot, and then what's his name, McDermott, who's the mm-hmm. guy with the goatee. And they kind of bond a little bit. There's a lot of attention, but they, they kind of bond overall, and they kind of like have each other's backs, and they, they find that they have allies in each other as the movie goes on, uh, and that's pretty cool because they're basically not the not the military, but they like even them. Like you compare them to the characters of the, the second movie or the first movie, and they're not as memorable. Like it, it just it, it's not as distinct, and I, I think that's I, I think what I'm boiling this down to here is that it's still a, it's a pretty solid zombie movie. Uh, mm-hmm. with, with with some pacing issues, but it's a pretty so, some solid zombie movie. But it's it feels like more of a typical movie, as whereas the first two feel like these big game changing, quite frankly masterpieces. They feel like they really, mm-hmm. really, really have something to say. Whereas this one, it feels like oh, some of those themes are still there, and there's still some stuff that you can read into, sure. Um, mm-hmm. But the actual sort of the way it plays out feels a lot more typical. Uh, I don't I don't want to call it generic. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of feel like a zombie movie that anyone could have made. I didn't really feel like this one had to be Romero. Yeah, it's a little more, I don't know, maybe surface level, where it's like a kind of like a good like popcorn flick. Like, well, the mm. other one, Night and Dawn, it just feels like it has that something extra that elevates it from just being like a good horror movie to, oh no, this is something special. This has depth, and um, yeah, I think there still is a little bit in this movie but it's just not as i guess plentiful or yeah, like it's, it's not devoid of it it's because even as i understand that the reason why it was made is because and who's to say that he didn't want to do a third one because mm. he ended up doing like more later on as well you yeah. know eventually <laughs> but uh he made like a three-picture deal uh with a studio and they said we'll give you this three-picture deal the only condition is that one of them has to be a zombie sequel because uh, obviously Don yeah. did really well, and I, I just I wonder like how much of it was because oh I need to make one, not rather than because I have an idea and I really want to go into it. So 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 there's that. There's also and I guess some of some of the criticisms here kind of make sense in a weird way because it's like okay the characters would be a bit more cynical. It would be less about surviving as the, the first two were because we're further down the line. I mean there's still survival elements obviously, but they're not scrambling. They've got this base set up. It's more about okay, we're jumping in, where are these people, what's going on? And Yeah, I think it is kind of an interesting idea of just being like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> but, um, I don't know, maybe it might be more interesting as kind of like a a conversation 
you know that you have amongst your friends as to actually watching it in a movie it can be yeah. a little dull yeah i mean well one of the the big questions that's asked is that john kind of critiques sarah for like keeping records of things uh, it's, it's something it's mentioned at the start briefly and then he brings it up like oh you're keeping all these records and graphs who are you keeping them for mm. like we're kind of done here we're, we're at the end of our our you know our days um it also starts with the opening shot of a of a, well it's actually her but she's looking at a calendar and we see this calendar mm. it's on october and we see it kind of several times and at the end of the movie, the final shot of the movie is actually her. She's when when these three characters escape at the end in the helicopter, and they're on a beach somewhere. They're right at some island, like John wanted to go. He wanted to go to an island where they're away from the zombies, and she's like just made her own calendar, and she's like crossed off the next day. It's like the fourth of November, and I think one of the themes of the movie that is there is the idea of well, should we still try and keep a, a you know a resemblance of the civilization we had, and you know part of that is keeping the date. Like, you know, if you're the only two people left on Earth, who do you, I mean, do you, I mean, I'm not saying that's there's only these three people, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, does it matter if we even know what data is? Do, do, who cares kind of idea? Yeah. And I think for her it's important that she does know what data is and she does keep these things in line. And I think that's one of the themes that the movie wants to get at, and I don't know if it actually does it well. Like, you know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit there. and But, you know, it ends in, it ends in that, that shot. Like, the final shot of the movie is her deciding to keep track of what data is to... And I, I don't know if the movie goes far enough to actually really hit that home where I feel like it's actually, you know, pondering that question and like, okay, should humanity even bother? It's kind of relegated to that and then the one conversation with John uh, at, at his place underground. Yeah, It feels like something that could re- be pretty easily missed, like if you're not, like, mm. paying attention, like, in, yeah, I don't know, maybe if he had wanted to do more with it or... Or, or something because uh yeah other than those like few instances it's not like super ingrained in the movie or anything now let's tell some positives though because there's positives to have here oh um, yeah definitely and i just do want to say uh going back to that opening shot i actually really uh like it a lot it's it, it might be a little cheap because it's kind of like a dream sequence but um like when she goes to the calendar and just like the just tons and tons of hands bursting through the wall. Uh, I just think it looks really, really cool. I'll tell you what I like about that, actually. I like that the opening actual shot is her uh, sitting on the Mm -hmm. ground against the wall, and it's very reminiscent of the opening shot of Dawn, uh, Mm -hmm. where that also had our female lead sitting against the wall, uh, kind of half asleep. And from there, when she wakes up and it ends the dream, it cuts to her in a helicopter. And again, it feels like they're deliberately having these like little imagery the sort of links to the past mm. film it's like okay remember dawn right, we're still in we're kind of in that world again mm. you know it's just and that like little... ended with you know the characters leaving on a helicopter this starts with you know other than that little dream sequence starts with characters on a helicopter yeah so, so there's just there's these little links these little kind of surface level connections mm-hmm. just to sort of feel like we're part of the same world it feels like it's part of the same series uh, this one definitely feels a bit more 80s though which you know makes sense because it was you know 85 when it came out uh, the mm-hmm. music's definitely a bit more 80s than the, the previous films yeah. uh, I really like the music in it though I like the, I like the music, yeah. music a lot as well actually it's um, probably you know as you can guess kind of 80s synth music yeah. but uh, I think it's really well and fits it good and obviously we have uh, some really good the gore this is the one thing where it's better than the other two is the, the gore the, the makeup effects yeah. uh, the blood does not look shit this time so that's a good plus <laughs> uh, 
Um, it also anytime like a character's getting like ripped apart by zombies, it looks pretty great. Uh, there's yeah. one particular kill that I like with a shovel uh, in the mouth. Oh yeah, takes the head off. I really like that that shot. I yeah, I think if someone told me like the first half or so of this movie was a little slow or a little dull, uh, I couldn't really disagree with them. Like I, I still find it enjoyable, but I think that could be an honest criticism. But uh, I think you know if you're a horror fan, a zombie fan, uh, I, I think you definitely uh, would like the the last final act because uh, it's just so much carnage and people getting ripped apart and it looks like so freaking good like it, it just really does getting it, like fingers under the eyelid and just like ripping yeah. it open and seeing like exposed eyeballs and the ripping the head and with like the uh what do you call it? like the larynx or whatever being stretched and the voice going up as it does it uh it's just like a really really cool effect no there's, there's a lot of good stuff in that second half which is it- mm-hmm. I think also actually adds to the complaint that the first half's really slow because it feels really once you get to that second half, it's like, oh, you've been keeping it all for this, like yeah. <laughs> spread the love out, man. Um, I think Joe, you know, you know, I, I know I was on positives, but I do have to kind of dip back into a complaint here. It, or at least, it just it just compared to the first two, which I mean, it feels a bit unfair because they're, they're fantastic films. But even though this was low budget and you know the budget was slashed in half, it was three and a half million instead of seven million. It's obviously much more than what the first one. Like Night was, you know, super low budget that was like mm-hmm. micro budget levels almost and but the funny thing is i actually think this one suffers from its low budget more than night ever did i think night was you never felt the budget in night because everything felt like it was uh as good as it could have been whereas yeah. in this i actually felt the budget constraint mainly because that first mm-hmm. half was them just standing around talking for a lot like it felt like Okay, right. We've got X amount of money for you know X amount of zombie kills and stuff, and mm. like they they put it all in the last half. Then standing around and not doing anything interesting for like the first half of the movie, you know. But obviously after the opening scene in the city, which obviously they had this big blast thing at the start with all the zombies. Mm-hmm. But then once they go underground for like a good forty to fifty minutes, uh, it is just them standing around talking, uh, more or less, and. I, I did kind of feel the budget constraints that it kind of felt like, okay, we can't really do anything that costs money, so mm-hmm. so we're going to, you know, have, have dialogue and like, and that would be fine if, it, again, if it felt like it was moving forward, but because it wasn't, it felt a lot more stagnant, and I was kind of feeling, uh, even just in terms of directional style, this feels easily mm-hmm. the least stylistic of the three. Um, I think that's pretty interesting, because I didn't really feel that. Uh, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, I yeah, I, I think your points are valid. Um, I don't know. I, I can't say that I was like super enthralled, but I really didn't find myself being that bored. Um, I especially like well, I any, any of this. I wouldn't say I was bored because I think there's a lot of good ideas sprinkled throughout mm-hmm. the, that forty fifty minutes of the, all the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I, I think it just it goes a long time without anything to really break it up. Yeah, and then I do think. Like most of the stuff, you know, between the, you know, like our kind of heroes and then the military soldiers, that stuff I, I, I do think it's like a little repetitive. Uh, I do like, though, uh, yeah, all no, the stuff with the scientists. That's my main problem is, is it feels repetitive. After, after a couple few scenes of it, it feels like, okay, we're just going in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it's like, and it also, there's a couple of things about it that feel kind of weird. Like there's a whole scene where, you know, Rhodes, the, the captain, pulls a gun on Sarah and like, if you don't sit down in that chair, I'm going to shoot you. And it's this big, tense scene 
where it feels like someone may get shot. And then in the very next scene, she says to like the other guy, like, oh, don't worry about it, it'll be fine, nothing will happen, we can, we'll just start cooperating. And it just it felt like she just dismissed that so easily. It's like, he's going nuts, he almost shot you. Um, and it felt like it was just, you know, really easily dismissed. Um, I, I don't like him down to negative, because I do like the movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's just... It, it's again. I mean, you're the third in a trilogy of, and the other two are like complete utter masterpieces. And the funny thing is, is I know there's some people. There's like, there's three types of people in this world, right? Mm-hmm. There's people who think Night is the best movie. <laughs> there's people who think Dawn is the best movie, and they make up like ninety five percent of people. But then <laughs> yeah. you get this weird section of people, this weird five percent who think Day is the best movie, mm-hmm. and. I'm not going to take that away from them. You, you, by all means, you, sure. you yeah. knock yourselves out. Um, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think I, I think there's a, a, a completely valid argument for night or dawn. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you want to swing one way or the other, you you can fight that quite happily. Uh, we both landed on dawn, but like it's like yeah. there's not uh, like I'm not going to argue if you think night's better. They're both fantastic. Whereas day, I think, is definitely a, a step down from those. Maybe even a couple of steps down. Um, so yeah that, it's funny i actually have a a friend who uh, likes this one the best um well, what we yeah I, I i think it's a little weird but um it's not something that i would you know chastise someone for because it's not like it you know like some stuff you can just say like come on man this is garbage what, what are you talking about like it is still a good movie i i definitely oh, yeah. don't think it's as good as the other ones but I don't know. I, I, no, absolutely, but this is the thing. Like, I don't like. I say, I, I, like my biggest comparison, honestly, between them, right? And I, I do think mm-hmm. budget is a part of the reason for this, but it mm-hmm. really is this idea that the first half of the movie feels like there's no urgency, and then stuff yeah. just sort of goes down really quickly, and all of a sudden we're in like a proper zombie movie, you know, like just over halfway through. And yeah, whereas you know, like I say, first movie night, like no money at all, practically, right? There was nothing. But it still felt like there was always like there was always a sense of danger. There was always a sense of urgency, like oh, there's a goal. We have to survive. We have to do this. Um, mm-hmm. And even though Dawn gets a little bit more comfortable because you know they they, they clear out the mall and you know mm-hmm. things are kind of peaceful for a little bit. Like everything up until that point, it's like okay, we're surviving. We're surviving. And it's like oh no, we want to clear out this mall. Now we have a goal. Now we have something to accomplish. And it's like now we need to work towards that. And it always felt like. We're heading towards something, and I think the the one of the really cool things about Dawn is it kind of has that wish fulfillment of being like, oh man, I wish I was trapped in a mall. Look at all the cool, fun stuff you can do, and like kind of thinking of all the different scenarios yeah, and whatnot. You, and this, it's kind of like it's a cave. Oh, we're in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a cave. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, and uh, you know, like, like it makes sense, and I can even get that. That's maybe part of the point is that no one really knows what to do now. Like, maybe that's the the theme of the movie, and we should like have that kind of feeling yeah. of. Like, the problem is, is though, I think that on its own does not make for like a you know driving the plot forward and making it feel like yeah. stuff's happening. So that kind of, and you know, I, I think the characters are a little bit more cartoony. Like, I think as much as I like what they're doing with the whole like military, like sort of uh, split between the military and the scientists and stuff. I do think, like, you know, Rhodes is a little bit over the top in cartooning. Oh, yeah. He's, he's very, you know, he, right away he's, like, monologuing and he's, like, acting crazy and he's waving the gun around and it's just... It feels pretty reminiscent of, like, an 80s villain. <laughs> K- yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess in that sense, I, I just... Not not only did I think the characters were more interesting than the other two, I felt like they were more realistic, I guess. Or at least mm-hmm. more relatable and grounded. Uh 
Whereas here it felt a little bit more, you know, writing for the sake of what the message was. Um, yeah. Which is funny because it has the, the weakest message of the three, which I think is really interesting. That and I think that maybe tells you something, that if you have good characters, the message comes across much clearer and much stronger because of that. Uh, it's a knock-on effect. And I don't know if you thought this too, but it seemed like there was a little bit of a message of, like, um, kind of like the military versus kind of like scientific endeavors like you have these scientists that are you know actually trying to like learn stuff and then you have these soldiers that you know almost seem like they want to fight a war or something and i don't know i i i I, I do actually agree with this i think it's not as specific as soldiers versus science though Mm -hmm. i think it's actually more a comment on ignorance and people who just don't trust scientists or just don't listen to them you know like think of anyone who just like doesn't want to believe global warming's a thing and they just shrug it off like that kind of idea yeah that's what i was kind of thinking of like i don't know if global warming was like a a big topic back then uh, but that was kind of one of the first things that popped into my mind like i think that thing obviously comes first for us because that's like a big thing right now Mm -hmm. and it's it's, it's a big thing that people who don't believe in it are just like oh no that's bullshit like (laughs) right um (laughs) And I think that's the one that comes to mind for us. But I think just that that idea has always been there, even if it wasn't always global mm-hmm. warming. Like it could, you know, you know, there was a t- t- for the times. There was a time when you know Darwin was seen as a, a nut job for all his crazy ideas. Yeah. And, you know, look where we are now. Uh, it's this idea that people who will shrug something off as being silly just because they don't mm-hmm. understand it, uh, and call the person saying it as you know saying they're crazy or whatever. Yeah. The weird thing in this movie, though, is that I actually do think Logan, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, is, is kind of crazy. <laughs> and what he's trying to do is kind of absurd. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's this weird conflicting thing where, like, okay, the soldier guy is really crazy, but I kind of agree that we should just shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I don't really see the point in trying to rehabilitate the zombies. Too many of you know, again, maybe there's a, a commentary there, there's a point to that. There's, like... Mm. Um, we should try and rehabilitate each other rather than... And I'm, okay, yeah, that works as a message, but these are still brain-eating zombies. I really, mm-hmm. you know, put, put them down. It doesn't make any sense in the plot. But yeah, it, just kind of, it continues that idea, because you know, in the last movie, they, they were kind of like... They were drawn to places they recognised, and this one, he actually gets Bob to like hold a gun up, salute. Uh, he teaches him how to press play on the, the old Walkman. I feel like... A lot of other movies this would have come across as really cheesy, and I guess it's like a little cheesy here, but I don't mind it. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's because I don't know the person playing Bub really seems to, you know, he he's not half-assing it at all. He he seems to really <laughs> em- and like embody the character, um, and m- maybe because no one else really treats it as like kind of crazy or silly as it might seem. But I, I don't know. I kind of dig it, even though it's. A little kind of yeah, weird to I, see a zombie shooting a gun and saluting. I really have no problem with that, actually. None of my complaints with the movie have anything to do with how they, they handle Bob. Um, I think it went too far in land. Like, like, the, like, the idea of all the zombies getting smarter like starts to feel less like a zombie movie to me. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, But the idea that, oh, no, you've, you've got this one who you've isolated and you've kind of taught yeah. at these things. Like, that, that's a bit more interesting. Um, but... I do want to say real quick, um, yeah, because I, I I would say Land is kind of the other big zombie movie. Like Romero did a few after that, but I don't really count those uh, that much. But um, it's been a long time since I've seen Land, and I remember liking it, but it's 
I don't know. It's been a while. And, uh, I'm actually excited to revisit it. I think it's coming to Blu-ray in October, um, and like a new like special editions. Uh, e- even though I know it's not as beloved, uh, I, I kind of want to check it out again because it's been a while for me. Oh, I never. I only saw, saw Land once, and I, rem- I remember being excited for it, and then just being really mm-hmm. disappointed and thought it was a weird movie. And I, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe like the point is here is that he didn't want to just make traditional zombie movies anymore, so he started doing these weird things with them. Um, and I'm not really sure if that holds. I, like I say, I've not seen anything past Land. I've not seen Diary. I've not seen Survival of the Dead. I think that's uh, one thing you, you got to give credit uh, to Romero for is he never really made the same movie twice. Like for better or worse, these movies all I, I feel are you know pretty distinctive from each other. Uh, no, no, that's that, that is absolutely fair. I, I I think maybe the problem is is though is after maybe after two, but certainly after three, I think the ideas were starting to like not be there. Yeah. Uh, but he, here, here, like, here, here, I think this is a fine zombie movie with some pacing issues. Uh, it's yeah. nowhere near as good as the first two but if I'm going to critique it it would be that I feel like this is a fine zombie movie that anyone could have made I said that earlier but that's, that's kind of where I fall down where I'm like I'm watching it and I'm I'm like oh yeah okay like, I, I really could have seen anyone making this this didn't mm-hmm. really feel like it had to like, you know, Romero was necessarily behind it uh, it almost seems like maybe more of a like I wouldn't be surprised if this was oh Romero wrote the first draft of the script and then someone else like directed it or something yeah. like it could almost feel like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think honestly, I think at the core, and I think you nailed it earlier on. When you said oh mm-hmm. the last you know the last one was this wish fulfillment in a mall and then this one's mm-hmm. in a cave. I I, mm-hmm. I do genuinely think the core idea is just not as fun as the last two. I, I think that's yeah. maybe just the core issue is that. Uh, like it's just it's in a cave. It's not. I mean, I don't know what the idea was when he had more action. Because he, 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 and I remember from the documentary on the on the Blu-ray, I'm saying that he still had the same essence of the same movie. So I assume the stuff mm-hmm. with Bob and all that was still there. But I wonder like how much of it was taking place outside of the uh, outside of the, oh, yeah. the bunker. Like you know, was there more stuff in the city? Was there more stuff? Like, cause part of me almost thinks like because Knight was in a house and then Don was in a shopping mall. I almost feel like next you have to go bigger. Uh, and maybe that was originally the idea. Maybe it was going to be a whole city. Maybe it was going to be this or that. Something like more global. So I'm like if they have like a helicopter and like military stuff, maybe you know they're more uh, you know globe trotting well, a little bit. I wouldn't have said globe trotting. I, I would have still thought it was still a core group of characters, but maybe this time they were mm-hmm. trying to like get through a city, so there was a lot more out in the streets and going through different okay. buildings and things like that. Yeah. Or, um, but again, that's just one. I'm not saying like <laughs> I've got the definitive mm-hmm. what should have been the third dead movie. It just uh, mm-hmm. it felt like instead of like having that natural progression again, it and some of it feels natural. Don't get me wrong, because it's like later in the timeline and some of what they're going through. I don't know. There's just there's just an element to it that's kind of like just disappointing after the last two. Even if it, you know it's still a very solid, well-made movie. Like we say, the gore's really good. The characters aren't as good as the first two, but they're still pretty solid. Like I, I like both the pilot and a. Uh, uh, what's his face, McDermott? Like they're both mm-hmm. kind of fun. Uh, the the pilot's got a couple of lines that I I really like actually. One of which is definitely at the start uh, when they're getting out of the helicopter and he's like, "Right, well I'm going to keep the engine running. If you're not back, you know, if something goes down, and you're not back. You're likely to have a very bad afternoon." Yeah. Uh, the line. But it was even funnier because he's, he's got uh, like a thick Jamaican accent, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a really yeah. funny line. And uh, this one, uh, probably the only one that has like an actual like happy ending like you know night has a pretty depressing ending dawn has like a hopeful but like a little bit ambiguous ending 
Yeah. This one actually seems like, oh, okay, the characters actually get a, a nice little break. But the funny thing is, though, is that this is the one that feels the most out of place. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, does, it does that weird dream thing again where you think that we're seeing the scene of them getting to the helicopter and mm-hmm. she gets grabbed, but then she wakes up and it's like, oh, no, they already got in the helicopter. This is like kind of <laughs> like, that was like a version of what happened, but it actually did happen yeah. and they got here. And they're on a yeah. beach and we see the other two guys, like, you know, fishing and like one's like sitting on the, you know, on, on the beach, mm-hmm. the other one's fishing. And I just. I'm like, this feels too like sweet of an ending. It's, just, it's too saccharine sweet. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just. I mean, I, I was okay with it. I don't, uh, really bother me. Um, not that I wanted them to die or have like some dark ending necessarily. <laughs> it just, it felt too. If it, it just it felt like too much of an easy quick wrap up as opposed to like mm-hmm. a proper like ending. Uh, yeah. It was almost like he, like he just didn't know how to end it in a fun way so it's just like oh the, the way that it just works yeah I mean, I mean i wonder if he he actually did like if there was a little thought of like maybe i should give my characters a break for once or, or yeah kind of put like a nice little bow on it instead of being like all right i definitely don't want you to feel like these people are in danger or anything at this moment yeah, I mean, maybe because because they did have their issues and they kind of worked them out, and they they, see, they eventually saw ITI. It was like the people who do eventually cooperate are the ones who might survive, and then the ones who refuse to listen or learn anything are the ones that are doomed. And that's yeah. you know the military characters, uh, and even to an extent the uh, you know the Frankenstein character, because he, oh, yeah. he didn't really listen to anyone either. He was just so convinced and dedicated to his one belief that he could do this, and he didn't really accept anyone else's opinion or explanation for anything something real quick i wanted to ask you uh see if you got the same feeling i did but towards the end when they're like escaping and they're going up that ladder Mm -hmm. um i felt like i was like man this looks like such a resident evil shot (laughs) to me (laughs) (laughs) i can see it i can see it i don't know i feel like I, i i feel like that happens with me with like every zombie movie Though, like, there's always, like, some point where I'm like, ah, oh, that reminds me of playing Resident Evil. <laughs> you're bound to encounter yeah. them a few times as you're, as you're going yeah. through. Because we had, we had one in the first movie with the arms coming mm-hmm. through the, the the planks of wood on, okay. the, on the window. Um, and I'm sure the people that made the games that have oh, know, this, probably this, said that they've been yeah. fans. And the stuff. second one kind of had a save room. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> can I see that? Yeah, and this one had the ladder. Yeah, yeah. All, all, the, all coming together. In fact, hell, in Resident Evil, you typically leave with a helicopter at the end. At least in the first... True, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the first and the third game end that way. Um, uh, Code Veronica ends with a, a fighter jet. <laughs> you get an upgrade. Uh, uh, it's been forever since I played that. Get an upgrade, yeah. Chris and... Uh, not Rebecca. Chris and Claire ride mm-hmm. off into the sunset in a, in a fighter jet. That's, that's how you end your, <laughs> your your zombie game. I'm just trying to, th- I'm just trying to think if there's anything else worth... Uh, Going through. Oh, I mean, obviously you have uh, the steel character who's the sort of the outside of the captain. He's the the, the really cocky one who. Whereas the captain's kind of crazy, like and power hungry. Steel is kind of the the immature guy who's constantly just you know goading everyone else and uh, mm-hmm. thinking it's funny to like threaten them and all that kind of stuff. And just, just, he's kind of that character. The, like the, the loud voice, like. Um... The captain uh, Rhodes, like he feels like he's very intimidating. He's like the oh man, you gotta watch out before this guy snaps. And then Steel's kind of like almost a little bit of like a comic relief, kind of like the very loud, boisterous kind of guy. Well, he's comic relief to them. He's not really comic relief to us because he's kind of annoying to us. 
I mean, I I think if there's anything in the movie that's going to be close to the comic relief, uh, I don't know. I, I can see like people laughing at some of his lines as so like they're not funny, but you know they that kind of like loud dumb guy kind of thing. Yeah, I think honestly, I think I think my pacing problem would would have probably a little fewer repetition a little bit, and I think maybe one scene or one reason in the first half of the movie to go outside again. And do something outside. Like maybe they had to go get something, or I, I don't know. Like, uh, like I, I think that to break up the monotony of them just standing around, like cu- debating the same things, would have maybe yeah. you know split things up a little bit, and that, that maybe helped that that issue. I mean, I'd still have the opinion it was the weakest of the three, and I still have the opinion that it wasn't as interesting as the other two. But I think that that particular issue could have been saved by just one or two things like that. Now, admittedly, adding in a whole extra, you know set of scenes where they leave and do something you know that that becomes quite expensive so I understand why it's not mm-hmm. there but like I said that's where I kind of felt the budget kind of creeping in because uh, yeah. like okay well, we've got this one set <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> use the shit out of it that's, that's kind of day the dead like, I, 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 I do genuinely feel like there's some interesting ideas in here I like it overall because I do like I, I like sort of bunker you know bottled stories uh, you know me Tim I like a bottle movie uh, mm-hmm. when they're all in the one location but I, I, like I say this one I feel like it didn't have the drive for a lot of it um, and you could a- tie that to just the plot or you could tie that to the characters not being as interesting but I, either way it, 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 it suffers a little bit because of that certainly not bad though it's, it's got some fun stuff good gore it's still overall quite enjoyable with the plot uh, the zombie stuff with Bob is fun um, and like I say the, the last like 30 minutes is pretty rip-roaring as uh, everything's going down all right. Here, do you, here. Do, do, do you want to, <laughs> want to rate things then, Tim? Let's do it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to give it a pretty solid score. Um, I think I'm going to give it like a, a solid eight. Um, yeah, mostly because you know, looking back on it, like I, I really, really like that last half. And yeah, I mean, like we said, there are problems and stuff, but um, I think all the stuff I like uh, definitely outweighs the you know, st- problems that I have. So still really solid. Yeah. Not as good as the, the other ones, like the, you know, Don, we gave a perfect score to, and you know, night was, is just like a shade below perfect for me. So that's still, still a good score, but yeah, not as. I, I'm going to go a nudge low. I'm going to go say a seven. I'm going to give day a <laughs> seven out of 10. And I, I think, I, I think I actually did go down a little bit on this rewatch. Cause I hadn't seen it as much. Mm. Uh, and I think from memory I was thinking an eight, but once I watched yeah. it again, I was like, no, I think I'm going to nudge it down a little bit. I feel like uh, certainly once you've seen it a couple of times, that opening chunk of the movie is a little bit rougher to get through. So mm-hmm. seven out of ten for me. So um, before we go, we do actually uh, get to announce a couple of things because we have the result of the vote, the Patreon vote. The patrons get to vote on one episode a month uh, for the following uh, month. So. Uh, over July, there was a vote uh, with four Vincent Price films to see w- which one would get an episode uh, this month in August. And the winner of that was The Fall of the House of the Usher. So mm. you can expect that coming in the next couple of weeks sometime. Um, the vote this month for next month that patrons can vote on um, is a Stephen King theme. Because, yes. of course, uh, by, by the time we get around to doing whatever wins, it'll mm. be close to it coming out. So we thought, oh, we'll do a Stephen King movie to uh, relate it to that so the options are Silver Bullet Christine 1408 and 
I don't have it in front of me. I've forgotten the fourth one. You're absolute... Sleepwalkers? Is that what Sleepwalkers. It was Sleepwalkers. You You're right. Okay. <laughs> Sleepwalkers is the fourth one. Oh, very good. Right, there you go. That's the four options. So uh, patrons can vote on that. They have till the end of the month, uh, all the way up to the 31st of August. I have to think about how many days we're in August there for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so by all means, uh, go and vote on that and uh, decide our fate as to what we're going to be watching later in the month. Uh, but so, so some cool stuff. Um, but on that, guys, uh, yeah, obviously go to patreon.com slash TV, check all that stuff out. Uh, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates, like, subscribe, all that jazz. But that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching, and we will see you next time. <laughs>